Oh, thank you for playing us in, Mr. John Legend. Uh, we are back. We took a week off. It was a rough, uh, rough week for us last week. We're all working really hard, uh, but it's uh, yours truly, who is second in the league, Mr. Milton Burrell, and I am joined by one of the dicks, Mr. Austin Deardorff. Double dick represent. You like that? You like that? I'm, I'm, I'm glad that in that 30-minute read, that was one of your big takeaways last week. I, I, I was proud of you. I feel like I live. I know I, I did a good job of live tweeting me reading it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, in fact, you know, the live tweeting has always been an entertaining part of our league. I know uh, Tori. Uh, I think he once like live tweeted live live group. Is that the more appropriate way to do it? While he's listening to a podcast, that was that was pretty entertaining. Yeah, was and yes, I enjoyed your your commentary too. Uh, obviously, I I do these recaps and produce all this content uh, primarily to give myself an excuse to dwell on college fantasy football more, uh, but also to entertain the league. Uh, but it is subsequently entertaining when. I get, uh, you know, responses and feedback, and uh, obviously the affirmation is nice and whatnot, but then when other people have comments, and even if it's just like a, you know, laughing at a here, uh, especially because that was like so subtle, and I didn't like draw attention to it, so <laughs> yeah. for you to pick up on that tells me you're paying attention. It was nice. Right? It was nice. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk football. Firstly, Bill Connolly hates Texans. I can't believe that, man. I mean... You just, uh, I don't know why you like that guy so much. He's... I do, I do really like him. Uh, I actually just emailed him today. Uh, also, he's a great Twitter follow. If, uh, if any of you people are on, on the Twitter, uh, he's, he, he'll get into it with basically the whole internet because the whole internet hates his numbers. He can, he can get sarcastic. But anyways, yeah. uh, Texas, big win this week, right? Not so fast. According to Bill Conley's numbers, Texas was ranked 30th in the S&P rankings going into the Oklahoma game. Beats Oklahoma, falls to 38th. How do you like that? I. It's so frustrating because... Okay, so it all comes back to JT Barrett, like, like it always does. But <laughs> Please explain. No, I go from being... A person that notices a 16-year-old in a gas station, like that's how much I followed recruiting, and then now, like the last like five years, is just dwindled. And like, it was I was trying to figure out it was like, a, am I becoming a better human? Like I'm just, b, like am I growing older and like I just have more responsibility? Like do I not have enough free time on my hands to actually know you know the top 25 of the state? You know and and where they went to school and who's good at high school. Or C, is it like, is it just because Texas sucks and I don't care anymore? And like you would think that with Texas not playing well, that recruiting would be more interesting and entertaining. And especially with the classes that Charlie produced through that. But now, like, I think I was on Orange Bloods more yesterday and today than like the entire summer combined. Like, so. Like, I feel like everybody is just trying to pretend like this team's not that good and, like, not realizing, like, that was a huge win. And we kicked their ass for three quarters. Like, 
that was just a butt kicking for three quarters. And if you imagine, like beating Oklahoma by 21 would have been crucial. And I'll take the win. It'll be fun. Dicker the kicker. You know, listening to Gus Johnson, that'll be my screensaver for a while. Um, but like we were so much better than they were. We outplayed them in every aspect, and they just had two huge plays. And Kyler Murray is five five, and how he can throw it as far as he can is is baffling. Like you know that. Uh... Yeah, that, that six-pack bet we have on Kyler Murray is looking pretty good for me, though. You know, yeah, I'm, 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 I don't, I don't see how I can win that anymore. But, <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. I mean, you know, I do think for the most part, uh, Bill's S&P numbers, which uh, you know, are no, in no way a reflection of what Bill Connolly himself thinks about Texas, just for the record. Uh, but his numbers, I feel like, are definitely way more pessimistic about Texas than everyone else has been i think uh texas has obviously received a lot of positive feedback you know big win expectations have changed for the rest of the season and even the course of the program one thing i've definitely thought about lately is and maybe it's just me being kind of naive but we were treating this whole texas is back thing as a very black and white kind of uh you are or you aren't situation when realistically the growth of anything in life whether it be a football team uh, or whatnot is a progression that you know uh, improves incrementally. Not there's, there's not necessarily a switch that flips and all of a sudden you go from seven and six to eleven and one. And but so I, I definitely think this win was a step in the right direction. Uh, but my fear uh, and maybe putting too much stock in the numbers that. Uh, you know, Bill Conley produces that touch my heart and soul so very deeply. Uh, makes me think that maybe Texas fans could be a little hoodwinked into expecting more out of this team for the rest of the year when we'll probably still lose, I would say, two more games. Am I crazy to think that? You think we lose less than two? No, I think, I mean, I think Baylor is a win. I think Kansas is a win. Everything else is is still up in the air, and I and I don't I don't say that as a negative thing or like a as um, like a reverse jinx. Like I just think that's where where we are from a talent standpoint. Okay. Um, like even like every that's the thing is that like good teams find ways to win, and whether it's you know we we joke about. Like Florida State going undefeated and then getting killed by Alabama in the or was that Alabama? No, who who did they lose to in the Rose Bowl? Oregon. Oregon. Um, Oregon. But like they had all those close games where they should have lost, but they found a way to win because they're just winners. Or like Vince Young having to get a fourth and twenty-two versus Kansas, like eighteen. Eight. What fourth and eighteen? Yeah. But he got twenty-two yards, right? Or did I just make up the twenty-two? Anyway, well, uh, maybe he, I don't know. Well, look, yeah, y'all can uh, fact check that later. Um, but like, like the '04 team, you know, barely winning, or, or just all the you just look at box scores and go, oh man, like Charlie was 17 and 17, or Charlie played it in like so many just close games um, that just kind of make up a season. And so it's like only one team gets to win the title. Just enjoy the wins, and so. Like we can be the 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 pro football guy and say we're on you know on to Baylor and we're going back to work. It's like no, like we just we kicked 
Oklahoma so bad. Yeah. Like, let's yeah, enjoy it. Right. Right. Let's talk about it. And having said all that, like, uh, we need to beat Baylor to get bowl eligible. And that's a big deal. And, like, that's something that we've taken for granted for sure. But it's like we just need to realize that. Um, and, like, did we t- do, did we pod after the Maryland game, after week one? Because I was super pessimistic through that. I and don't if, know. If you think about it, like five, like if you say, hey, five and one, I would definitely take that. And it's like, yeah. of the no, six games, man. who would you most want to lose to of those six? And like Maryland is by far the answer. Like, I I don't want to lose to Tulsa. Like beating USC would be a huge win. And like, I want to go undefeated in conference. So it's like, Five and one, and, and this team is not top four. Like I don't care what happens. Like we're not the fourth best team in the nation. Like this is not a playoff year for us. So, but we could win the Big Twelve. Like let's let's go after the Big Twelve, and those are the things. I am super. I do not want to play Oklahoma again, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, that could be bad. Well, uh, I, I just know. think it would like it would ruin. It would just ruin the rivalry. Like. Not not ruin the rivalry, but like it'll just be weird. Like you have to play Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl. Like it's just if the eight of y'all that are listening um, that have never been, that has to be. Let's just do that instead of let's do that next year. Mark it on your calendar. We're all going to the Cotton Bowl. Good luck. I mean, yeah. like Sam. Sam yeah. uh, you provide the tickets. We'll be there. Oh, I mean, we won't like. Let's just go to the fair and hang out there. But not to get, like, too – this is what I – like, I think Colin and LJ are probably not back next year. Like – Well, did Humphrey Richard? Humphrey's a junior, right? He's he's only a sophomore. I just don't know if he's a redshirt or not. Oh. Huh? Well. Pretty sure. So, I I don't think Colin's back. Like – yeah, he might not be. Oh, you're right. Well, Jordan is a junior. I don't think I, for some reason, I thought he was. Yeah, like they might not be back, but um. Oh, he only played two games this freshman year. That's a waste. Oh, that is super frustrating. Um. Yeah. Anyways, but I think uh, fantasy wise, um, who has Ingram? Cody. Okay, hot take. I think he'll be top ten running back the next the last four weeks. In our league? Yeah. That's risky. That is a hot take. But I don't know if I concur. And uh also John Burt had a great game. <laughs> I'm also feeling really good about that bet. So did you, did you I look forward to getting two six packs from you. Did you chuckle when he caught that, though? Um, a little bit. Uh, I definitely wasn't scared that it was a sign of more to come, but it was kind of like, oh, hey, I forgot about this guy. Um, so that was, he was, that was pretty fun. Uh, not that it matters, but he was wide open on, on Sam's really good ball to LJ uh, in the, like the third, the last touchdown. Uh, Bert was also open on the sideline. So... I don't think he'll have. I don't think he'll have the four, the twenty point game. Um, 
But like I just think I think Colin and, and LJ have been so good. Duvernay's playing great. Uh Beck has gotten some good catches. So Yeah. I just think it's no, there's definitely there's definitely improvement and, and to kinda also bridge the gap between real football and fantasy football. Since this is a fantasy podcast and we should probably talk about the league a little bit. Um, our league has existed solely during this period of uh, ineptitude for the Texas football team, right? Right. Um, and so I think for a lot of us, like definitely myself, or at least the Texas fans here, uh, fantasy football has helped kind of fill that vacuum where football wasn't as interesting because Texas struggled, but we still enjoyed it. And so fantasy football kind of filled some of that hole. Uh, but now that Texas is getting better, I'm interested to see if that has any sort of impact on our league. Now you look at guys like Tori and Alex who aren't Texas fans, and uh, you know Tori deals with his own frustrations as a Michigan fan. Alex hasn't made as an Ohio State fan, but uh, obviously they're still very involved and active and successful in the league. Uh, but like, you know, Amory, She's probably not going to listen to this podcast because she's, she's you know, pretty done with the season. Uh, but again, not technically eliminated. And uh, she's also much more interested in Texas football now. Like that, She's been drinking the Kool-Aid. She's been consuming a lot of content. Uh, I'm interested to see if uh, Texas being good has any sort of effect, positive or negative. Maybe people get more into football because Texas is, is good and we have more Josh Shalawis logging in 18 times a day. Uh, or maybe people get distracted, but either way, for now, we're uh, into the thick of the playoff hunt, and now approaching week seven, uh, we got we got some games. So, uh, what what's next, Mister Host? What do you want to talk about? All right, so I mean, we're six weeks in. We got sixty percent. Uh, just looking at the standings right now. Uh, unfortunately, Tory is still undefeated. Uh, by far, looking like the best team in the league. Uh, yeah, here's, here's a quick quick little side note on Tory's team. Uh, he's really good, and I hate it. I, I think we all hate it, right? <laughs> we don't want Tory to win. He's already won. He's already been really good. Um, I've avoided talking about his team and its success maybe a little bit. Uh, I honestly don't remember exactly what I said in recap, but it has occurred to me. If he keeps this up, I will almost be forced to talk about his team a lot because they are more or less currently on pace to be arguably the best team our league has ever seen. And this is, I, I say this right now because Tori being number one deserves some attention, but I don't, I don't, I just don't want to talk about it. It's too much. Uh, the assault in the wound. Um, but he's averaging, uh, I don't know if it's on my head. 166 points a game? 160-something, right? (laughs) He's averaging 164. Okay, so he's averaging 164. The league record for points in a season was 166 and a half, and that was with kickers. So you take the kickers out, and Torrey is now definitely averaging the most points a game. And we see this a lot. Uh, You know, uh, Tory's team from two years ago is really the only like, champion that we've ever seen who's score 
well, not the only champion. Most of the time, teams with really high numbers at the beginning of the year, uh, regression to the mean, they come down a little bit. And honestly, it would be pretty surprising if Tory sustains at this rate. doesn't mean he's not still going to be like the team to beat and the heavy favorite going to the playoffs. But uh, this is just, he's scoring a lot. Right. Uh, right. And it's just, it's just pretty impressive. Anyways, that's the only thing I want to say about Tory. Uh, um, so it's out of my system. I'm going to do my best to not talk about Tory anymore. So, Tori, if you're listening, you can just stop the podcast now. There we go. We're talking about else. Yeah. Yeah. We got, um, and then uh, Milton Burrell at second. Uh, <laughs> pretty good. 155. Uh, not too shabby. Uh, Josh Chevalier at three. Uh, he's tied four and two. Uh, Cody is four and two also, but his points per game is a little bit lower at uh, 124. Um, then you got three teams tied uh, at three, three and three. So you got Dustin uh, with one thirty-four, and Dustin's having a rough three weeks. So we really thought at first it was Dustin and Tory as the first tier, um, and then he's kind of fallen from there. Um, Kyle still holding on to a playoff spot um, at one twenty-one, and then you got Dictator. Richard Potato at 114. Um, then at 8th, the only person at 2 and 4 is uh, Alex, and his trade's been looking pretty good, so i got to eat some crow about that. Um, and then Connor at 1 and 5, and then Am at 0 oh and 6. So still looking for that win. Um, should we talk yeah, about we, her at all or just move on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can, we can give her some love, uh, especially because if she does listen to this podcast, which I don't think she's listening to, she, she is not. Again, as everyone can relate to, when your team struggles, it's a lot harder to pay attention. You're a little less motivated, not as interested, but uh, to throw her a bone, we can, we can talk about her for a bit. And I will say this, a uh, couple things. We've still never had a... Uh, undefeated or winless team in the regular season so we, we both of those are still alive with Tori and Amory so could be interesting to see how that shakes out uh, and then as far as Amory goes uh, as I mentioned in the recap and briefly earlier she's still not technically eliminated obviously it'll be quite a miracle if she's able to make the playoffs but she could finish 4-6 and six and tied with at least one other four and sixteen, maybe two, and if she somehow won the tiebreaker, which if she was to win four straight would require scoring a lot of points, then she could sneak into the playoffs. Um, it obviously seems very unlikely, and there's not a lot of reason to believe that with the players that she's had that that'll change just like that. Um, but she's definitely a little unlucky to be zero and six, you know, last place, but eighth in scoring. Uh, and she she just happened to catch some people at, at a bad time. Like not not a coincidence that she is winless and has the most points against. You know. Yeah. So um, tough year for Am. Uh, I think it'll be I guess a, a sign of parity that after she misses the playoffs again, assuming it happens, then no one in our league will have ever not missed the playoffs. So, um, you know, there's, there's a season for everyone. Well, also, it's, I mean, speed leaders, speed the team. So, like, 
putting Tate on the bench, so a healthy benching of a first-round pick, how often does that happen? And it goes back to what we talked about in the preview of, like, you want your first-round pick to have a high floor. Like, and yeah, that's been... Yeah, the, yeah, the crazy thing about Tate is that he was he was supposed to have a high floor, that he was supposed to be, like, the exception to the quarterback in a tier by himself. And uh, so it, it's... I'm bamboozled as to why, assuming he is completely healthy, there has been no dual threat element to his game. I, just, I don't get it. I don't get it. No one saw it coming. It's been all crazy. I'm interested to see if we've ever had a healthy first-round bench. That seems actually pretty rare, now that you say that. We've had plenty of injuries. Yeah. But a benching? I think we could go back and look. I might have benched Matheson a few times but um uh, one Madison two once he traded him to Tory, he started doing really well last year yeah and yeah yeah but um, so, like, he definitely finished the year on the bench or he might have uh, been he might have been a second round pick I don't remember yeah Did yeah I, yeah you said James Washington I think I would watch him first yeah okay yeah. anyway alright yeah. well that's kind of the standings looking through that um we had some close close matchups last week uh, we said in the group te- in the group me, it would have been really fun uh, if uh, you and I would have played against each other. No, that would not have been fun. I mean, that's... I thought I, that might have caused me to rage quit. Yeah, and not just not just this year, but like uh, for the season, for for not just for the season, but like ever. You, you, I'd so, be gone. If I'll never hear from me again. One hundred twenty nine point eight for you, and I had one hundred twenty nine point eight two. So yeah, that's literally two yards. <laughs> is the difference two two like rushing or receiving yards. Think about how uh, bad spots. I'm sure just that would have been so. Yeah, uh, or even like one thing that occurred to me this weekend because of the weird. I'm I'm sure most of y'all saw the Jerry Judy fumble recovery touchdown for Bama. Did you see that? Uh, no, I was watching the greatest game ever. So, so uh, Tua Tag, last name I can't pronounce, uh, had a pass to Urban Smith, tight end, uh, who's taken it to the house but fumbles the ball. Uh, Judy picks it up, gets tackled into the end zone. So Bama gets the touchdown. I'm not exactly sure how that was scored in the box score, but I think I think Tua got a passing touchdown credit for it, and Judy got the receiving touchdown. I don't know for sure. I don't. I don't pay enough attention to the rest of the game. Maybe Judy had two other receiving touchdowns besides that. But it's one of those things where it's like, I understand Judy getting the touchdown credit for that, but does he also get yards? Does Tua deserve a touchdown pass? Because like I'm not so sure. Uh, and, and so that's just like one example. Of sometimes things might get scored kind of uh, you know it reminds me of Tory trying to contest the muffed punt saying like it's not technically a fumble when like you know I think we made the right ruling on that but the point is like some things might be scored kind of differently or some things are just kind of weird right uh, it could have been that a game without us knowing or whether we know or not it not really matter gets decided simply because of yeah where a ball is spotted, or you know, when you're so close, oh yeah, that'd be that'd be frustrating. And I know, gosh, I'm talking about Tori way too much for saying I'm not going to talk about him anymore. 
But when Tory won the championship and he almost broke Josh's record for points in the game, I think he finished two tenths, no, two hundredths. What's two tenths? Two hundred? It's two hundredths of a point short of tying Josh's record. I think for him it was also two yards. Now that's obviously different if that's the difference between a win and a loss, which like we would never see a closer game than that. But anyway, I'm talking a lot about a game that didn't even happen. So uh, would have been fun. Glad it didn't happen because I would not have won that. Yeah, that would have been a crazy. Uh, Josh uh, and Alex, I think, is the most intriguing matchup last week. Oh, my um, gosh. I feel so bad for Alex. Yeah, Josh had 549 rushing yards and six touchdowns. Um, Cronkite, do you know what round he was drafted in? Uh, I think like 12th. 13th. 13th round pick. And yeah. Josh's finds you know finds a waiver wire waiver wire quarterback in Hawaii and Uh, is a top five pick and yeah so I talked about this in one of the recaps but if you look at Josh's roster (laughs) he has almost no one from his draft or at least like so this game where he just hung up 162 right right the only person he drafted was no one like, I'm pretty sure he picked up Hazleton. Oh, no, he, sorry, he drafted Cronkite. Uh, but Cordero was a replacement for McDonald, who he picked up off waiver wise. Taylor he traded for. Brooks he traded for. Ward, Stevenson were both waiver wire pickups. Uh, Josh has done a pretty incredible job at, at identifying talent post-draft. Uh, had he had a more successful draft, then we're talking about him instead of Corey, probably. Um, but, oh, man. Also, uh, uh, we, oh, oh. we talked well, well, before, before you bring up whatever new point you're about to mention Cronkite Cronkite's especially frustrating for me because I took Elijah Mack in the 6th round thinking like oh here's South Florida's starting running back and that was a good lesson in overreacting to spring ball comments and there wasn't a lot else to go off of but Charlie Strong made some comment about Cronkite way back in the spring about how well he had done. And then basically all the CFF quote-unquote experts kind of interpreted that as Mac is going to be the starter. Right. I don't know if I've been saying Mac the whole time. But, uh, so when I drafted Mac, I was hoping for what Cronkite has done. But instead I picked the wrong guy. And Josh, me and Josh, and, you know, the South Florida resident of the group, uh, Gets Cronkite in the 13th, and now Cronkite's looking like, uh, especially with this schedule, like he, he he's averaging 24 a game right now. Uh, he very well could finish with even more than that, given who they get to play over the rest of the way. Yeah, and we jokingly say and make fun of Am uh, for benching a healthy first-round pick, and then we don't realize that Josh did that this week also. So, uh, yeah, I mean that that is that is a fair point. Swift obviously hasn't been exactly who we thought he would be, or at least most of us thought he'd be. Uh, some of that is just you know Georgia's system and spreading the love. Uh, some of his own, he he has dealt with injuries a little bit. He has not been fully healthy all year, um, so uh, maybe maybe he figures things out, but. Josh does not need his first round pick. So, well, 
There you go. Um, Dustin still can't uh, figure out. He's been in a three, three-week skid. I mean, obviously, King has the most uh, points per game as a quarterback. Uh, so he he loses in the league. And yeah, in the league. Ooh. And then, like you talked about in the recap, please read it if you haven't. Not really do yeah. getting well from the Travis Homer trade. Um, I think. I think Colin Johnson uh, will be nice uh, to get him going. Um, and then uh, not not putting Sermon out there. Sermon scoring eighteen. Um, that should be uh, pretty good. Um, I and then uh, NC State running back scoring twenty two on my bench. Nice. Um, yeah, how did how did it feel coming back down to earth a little bit after your uh, four week little stretch there? It was funny because I got us that uh, eleven o'clock game. I'm at I'm at the Cotton Bowl, like so. I'm not I'm not I don't have my three TV set up, so I don't know how my team's doing. Um, and those are honestly the best Saturdays. <laughs> I have found so much healthier for your relationship with fantasy football. Yeah, uh, but I'm thinking I'm doing really great because like the opening drive, you know, LJ comes in and throws a touchdown. So I'm like, all right, this is going to be a good day. And obviously yeah. he had 28 points. Yeah. Um, but I think UCF, like if Milton just throws one touchdown to Davis, that's 10 more points. Obviously, I need to figure out running back situation. Uh, Glaspie's on a bye this week, so I don't really know what to do. Um, I don't. I mean, McCoy, uh, who is West Virginia playing this week? Um, Baylor? No, Texas no, Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, we'll figure that out later. Anyway, um, Kyle had never had a chance. Tory's team is really good. We're gonna stop talking about that. Connor no, doesn't. Connor doesn't get triple digits. What's time out? I want to talk about your team for a second. This is just like quick transition there. Whoa, pump the bricks. Uh, So your team came back down to earth. I take it you you still feel pretty confident and like, oh, best team ever. Your best team ever. Don't don't misinterpret that. I'm not saying your team is the best team ever, but this is your Fit Hounds best team ever. Uh, You still feeling pretty good despite the again like average score. Like 130 is obviously exactly what I scored. but you, you still feeling okay? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm I'm starting to get nervous. Um, like I think I I think I'm gonna make the playoffs, but I'm getting nervous. I really I really want to buy, and I don't think I don't know if I can get there. So I'm gonna need you know I'm gonna need to really have some things drop my way. Um, and then especially. It's like how I think with anything, like if you're pessimistic, like it's how long can Henderson really keep on doing this? Like, is this sustainable? You know, Milton scoring 50 points, like Miami defense, can Miami defense keep on, you know, getting defensive touchdowns um, through those different things? So my bench is not doing that well. Um, I think have a waiver wire. I think I got my waiver in. Hopefully I did. Um, yeah, I did. Okay. I got the uh, tight end, the Sternberg or whatever. But yeah, so anyway, obviously I need to get back in the playoffs. That's big. And then hopefully I can get a bye. Um, but yeah, Ben, I just, I just want to say I think this is some of the most realistic stuff you've ever said. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
I'm, I'm just a little, I'm a little uh, lost for words. I, I figured I'd have to correct you a little bit, but yeah, that, that sounds about right. Uh, Henderson definitely seems like the real deal, and obviously averaging 33 points over the course of the season is hard. We've only ever seen uh, from running backs, Melvin Gordon, Jai, and McNichols uh, do that well. Uh, but oh, holy moly, he's doing it with like so few carries, which is both good and bad because it means he's explosive. But he scored 37 points last week on 14 carries. And on the season, he's averaging God, at least nine yards a carry. he's averaging 11.8 yards per carry that's That's stupid that's tough which also says it's probably uh unsustainable um so maybe he comes back down to earth but uh, i think it's safe to say that uh maybe instead of uh crushing on uh jarvian remember ben jarvian uh henderson should now probably be your favorite player of all time that's what I was thinking about, like, when I was reading the recap, was he's definitely, you know, uh, Javorion and Ito, you know. You're ridiculous. Um, the Mount Rushmore, I feel like he's definitely on the on the Rushmore of players. Probably. Um, that's a good idea. Remind me of this when we do postseason stuff, and I'll, I'll, it'd be interesting to look at a Mount Rushmore for each team. Because I was thinking about the alumni teams, you know, that I did a couple years ago. Right. And at this point, we've all been in the league long enough that we would all have super stacked alumni teams, or at least we should. Where like everyone has owned a great quarterback and a couple of great running backs and a great receiver or two, and so some teams will be better than others. But I'd imagine most people have a 200 point per game kind of alumni team. Uh, but a, a Rushmore, that would be that would be interesting. Yeah, so it's definitely, and you know, having them back to back years is pretty cool. So, um, and here's a fun fact: I have yet to watch a Memphis game this year. So hopefully that changes uh, this week because they're playing a nice game. We'll get into that in just a second. Yeah. Um, so, well, real quick, and to that point, as someone who has taken full advantage of. Facebook now streaming games, which comes in real handy for things like Florida Atlantic. Uh, watching your stud is uh, honestly kind of frustrating because every play you want something good to happen in the interest of your player, right? Right. But uh, that's not how that's not how football works. They only have the ball half the time, and even when they have the ball, that player doesn't get the ball every time. So you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And kind of like, you know, we talked about Kyler Murray earlier. He had a 40-point game. 13 of those points came off of one run. And so, like, he spends most of the game scoring 26, which isn't – or 27, which isn't a bad game. But it's it's one of those things where a lot of our points are accumulated in quick spurts. Right. Uh, so you could, you could watch – and probably get to see some great runs, but I think you'd spend most of the game kind of frustrated. Yeah, and I mean, there's nothing better than watching watching a live like fantasy score. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's just, it's just hard hard to do sometimes. And at least I, I get real greedy when I'm watching games, and like, you know, I just want more points and more, more points. Um, so it can be tough. But that's just me. Oh, say hi, Jamin. Hey. Oh. 
Okay, bye, Jim. Jan says hello. What's and uh, also cued me up that it's it's almost bedtime, so uh, we can we can start to wrap this up. Um, so, anyways, I was, that's, I was trying to wrap up, and you wanted to I'm keep not, on talking no, about sorry. me. I mean, hey, gosh. I, I just wanted to give your team a little bit of attention. Is that is that such a crime? Thank um, you. Well, on. Cody Cody got a big win. Um, Ingram, okay, Ingram had a really loud eighty-eight. Well, that's because he didn't score and he had zero catches. Um, Judy getting 27 points per game. Whoever said that was a good draft pick is really smart. Um, moving on to week seven. Week seven is a pretty interesting week historically. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We only average 125 points in week seven. So For real? Wow. We'll, we'll see how that uh, goes this, uh, this week. I think a big thing, you got Dustin and Connor. So Dustin needing a victory. Connor obviously is trying to salvage uh, – win now mode Kyle and Alex uh, that should be a I'm sure Alex is feeling pretty good about that especially with uh, with Oklahoma on by uh, Tori and Austin big matchup so that would be really good for for uh, Tori to lose um, and you that, can would kinda, be, that would be really good that would be just nice because it would be I think the playoff the playoff hunt would be a lot more fun uh, through that um Am and Cody. We'll see how who wins the trade that they had together. Um, so Alabama playing Missouri. I think that'll be a lot of points. Um, also talk about how I thought it was a good idea to drop Sam and pick up Mond after the Tulsa game. That was fun. Um, good job, Ben. Anyway, um, forecasting for next week there's four big games that we should all watch two of them are weeknights but we got TCU versus Tech Thursday night at 6.30 that's a lot of our players got Friday night 6pm UCF Tulsa then we have the probably the biggest game for our league USF Tulsa right not UCF yeah sorry USF Yeah, the fighting the fighting UCF as you were UCF is on Saturday, 2.30, playing Memphis. So that should be, I mean, at least five players. I mean, that's three players on my team. Um, so yeah, no. And, yeah. Uh, then Michigan-Wisconsin plays each other. So those are the four uh, games where uh, uh, both teams are representing our league. So that is kind of our preview for that. Our last thing that we want to do, everybody likes this – this is a new segment. Everybody's going to love it. Because who doesn't like getting a random dick pic? So, dick pics. We got our dick. Here's his picks. That's me. All right. My picks. What am I picking? Here we go. We have Dustin, Can't Buy Me Love, versus Connor. Who do you pick? Ooh, that's a good one. Um... Gosh, you got Dustin on the skid, and you got Connor ravaged by buys. Uh, my head says Dustin bounces back, but I have been so wrong so much lately that I'm going to say Connor gets one. Oh, there we go. Dick picks Connor. Awesome. I'm going to go with uh, Dustin. I think Colin Johnson uh, scores 30 points um, this week. That's the rational pick, but I don't believe in being rational right now. There we go. All right, uh, Mr. 
No Kyler Murray, uh, Kyle Sylvester <laughs> versus Alex needs improvement. Dick good pick. one, good one. Uh, Dick pick goes with Alex on this one. Dick Dick picks Alex. I guess is that is that the proper way to say it. Alex gets the Dick pick. Oh, there you go. There we go. There you go. Um, yeah. So numerically, Alex was very unlucky to lose last week. I think uh, law of averages helps him out, balances things out, and gets the win. There we go. We got um, law of averages now. So we have Dick one, Josh Chevalier versus Milton Berle. So that is seed, the second seed versus the three seed. Who do you got? Um, first question, why is how, Dick one? <laughs> how, how do you decide these things? Anyways, <laughs> um, with the pick, ooh, let me, let me look at what's going on. Um, wow. It does not look like the buys hurt Josh at all, do they? And you're not that affected either. Oh, I think I talked about that in the recap. Oh, so this could be like strength on strength. Um, interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, this game is also huge for implications with the two seed. Um, oof, oof, oof. Um, got to pick Dick, man. I'm going to Dick. Josh gets the Dick pick on this one. Double Dick. All right. We're double dicking. Also, the, uh, the avatars are pretty nice because they're just both nicely dressed. Uh, yes, oh old school, black and white. I do, I do like it. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty, uh, we'll save yours for for last. Uh, second oh. to last one. Uh, Am Owen six versus Greer's Will so versus Cody. Who do you got? Do you have Am getting her first win? Yeah, for no other reason than. Uh, giving Am the slightest glimmer of hope. Uh, I think she gets her first one this week. Am gets the dick. Bi- oh no, that's no, I no, that's weird. That's, weird. Uh, but no, yeah, I do think Amory. I'm, I'm gonna say uh, Amory surprises us and gets the win. <laughs> <laughs> you, you okay with it? Okay. The uh, the last the last one we have. Uh, Tory's redeem team six and zero versus Richard Potato. Uh, how you feeling? You think you're gonna win, or you think Tory's gonna go seven and zero? Yeah, I'm definitely not winning this game. Uh, <laughs> Tory Tory will almost certainly go seven and zero. I uh, I wish I would have been more prepared to catch him with all his buys, but uh, no, no, I'm I'm no, yeah, I'm not winning. Well, there we go. Well, guys, this is a good sign for y'all. You can listen to this on the Anchor app. You can listen to this on Google Podcasts. You can listen to this on Spotify. And you can now listen to this on Apple Podcasts. So That's what's up. There we go. It should be convenient for you. Uh, You won't be able, if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, you won't be able to to hear John Legend. Uh, But if you do it on the Anchor app, you can. Um, So you're just going to tease us? With that intro, and then not actually play John Legend. Uh, I mean, there's nothing I can do. It's, okay. He wants his, he wants his money. I don't understand why it would matter. But anyway, uh, as for the the true dick, the big dick, Mr. Austin Deerdorf, thank you for joining us. Uh, we are going to sign okay. off, and uh, hopefully, this will be ready for your morning commute on on a Wednesday, and we can have some good banter. It should be a great, great week. Week seven. Let's get some wins. Let's have Tory lose. Peace out. Yeah.
Let's have a toilet. Not gonna have it, but let's do it. Peace, homies.